Welcome to Season 1, Episode 7. I am so excited that today is the day I'm going to look at the 12 developmental outcomes, and I'm going to break them down and explain to you how they fit into two specific areas and the impact that can have on our young people. Have you ever felt that we are losing young people to the world around them and that they have already chosen to walk away from Jesus without even knowing him? And did you know that all young people are at risk for something? That's why I want to welcome you to the Jesus is my hashtag podcast, where positive youth development and youth ministry intersect. I'm your host, Deb Schroeder. Join me weekly for encouragement, resources, and strategies to assist you in helping young people make Jesus their hashtag. Can you believe this is episode seven of season one in our podcast? When I started this podcast, I have to be honest and tell you, I had no idea if I was going to be the only one listening to it or if it would just be my husband as my other listener because I was forcing him to listen to them. But I'm excited to see that there are more people connecting to this podcast. And part of that is a thanks to you because I know some of you are sharing this and you're excited about what you're hearing and you're sharing it with those that you think it might make a difference and an impact. And I can't say thank you enough. I truly do appreciate it. But more than anything, I am so thankful for God And I love being obedient and following where he's going. He said, start this podcast, and here we are. Even though it took me several years of arguing with him that now was not the right time, I'm glad I'm in that moment, and I'm glad this is the season where I'm able to sit and talk about my experience and my knowledge, as well as reflect and figure out how can I still grow as a youth worker, and how can I help others grow as a youth worker. After all, when we are focused on making ourselves better and continuing to learn, we are going to have a greater impact on our young people. And let's be honest, they deserve that. Probably by now, you have figured out that I love talking about young people. And I love talking about how to best connect with them, how to engage them, and how to serve them. I'm also quick to tell you where I have failed or could have done better. Trust me, there's a lot of stories about where I failed or could have done better. You probably also know by now how much I value and respect the Advancing Youth Development curriculum. Episodes five and six were a two-part series on the five key beliefs about youth development. If you missed those, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to them when you have time. They are a great foundation for where we will be heading the next several months on this podcast. And there was even a handout to go along with it. Guess what? Today, there is another handout for you. Make sure you pause the podcast, find that link in the show notes, but then come on back and let's start to talk about developmental outcomes. When I talk about developmental outcomes, today is what I would call a light bulb moment for me when I was first trained in this curriculum. I specifically remember sitting at a table with other frontline youth workers when I was introduced to the 12 key developmental outcomes. If this scene had been portrayed in a cartoon, you would have seen all of these light bulbs popping up above my head all over the place. I was able to look back at the youth I had worked with and see where they were achieving these outcomes, and I was even able to see where they were missing the mark on really developing these outcomes. It connected. It made sense. And it changed how I worked with young people, how I created programs, and even how I assessed my own success with the young people and with programs. As a parent, it even shifted how I would one day do things when I had my own children. 
My hope is that this will be a similar experience for you, regardless of the role that you play with young people. It was in the early 1990s that Karen Pittman, a well-known advocate for positive youth development, introduced the field of youth work to the phrase, problem-free isn't fully prepared. Now, I shared this key youth development belief in episode six. This foundational belief helped to shift the landscape of youth work. Rather than simply focusing on fixing behaviors and deficits in young people, engagement with young people started to look at building the knowledge, skills, abilities, and attributes that would help them to transition throughout adolescence and into adulthood. This paradigm shift also took aim at assumptions many communities had about young people. Not only was there a belief that youth needed to be fixed, but there was often a belief that youth had little or no value to offer communities during their formative years of adolescence, and therefore they shouldn't be or they couldn't be trusted with community roles or responsibilities in that community. In other words, why would you engage young people in the community when they had nothing to genuinely offer? Just saying that out loud breaks my heart. I've said this before, but historically, young people have been seen as problems, not solutions. When research and policy changes started to occur, it led to this shift that encouraged actual interactions with young people over interventions, and it looked at developing young people over merely creating programs. I want to take a moment and I want to define outcomes a little more clearly. In past episodes, I shared about preventative outcomes, such as lowering high school dropout rates, limiting teen pregnancy, ending drug use and abuse. These are indeed outcomes, but they are not developmental outcomes. The difference with a developmental outcome is that there is a focus on those things that we know young people need to learn, that they need to acquire and foster in order to become successful adults. Before we go on, I want to encourage you to stop and think if you have ever experienced a time in your own youth where you were not valued. Were you excluded simply because of your age and lack of experience? Were you dismissed because you were a teenager? We all have different stories about what that looks like, but these experiences play out in how we move forward, how we see ourselves, and how we access services, opportunities, and supports as a young person. These types of experiences, in part, can explain why young people check out of relationships and programs designed to help them. Now, I wanted to also mention that I know that young people, not only do they face discrimination because they're young, they also face a lot of different experiences of discrimination. There may be racial discrimination, gender discrimination. There might be poverty. They're treated differently because of the neighborhood or who their parents are or their lack of education. So I know young people experience more than just a bias because they're young. But this podcast, this focus really today is talking about what it looks like from a young person's perspective to be treated differently because they're young? And what developmental outcomes, what skills and abilities do we need to help them grow so that they can be building the skills to be able to look at that discrimination, to be able to move successfully through adolescence? Now, I also want you to think again for a minute. If you have ever limited a young person because you didn't believe that they could solve a problem or make the kind of contribution that you wanted, Have you ever done something on your own without engaging young people because it would be easier or quicker to just do it yourself? And finally, have you ever walked into a room with preconceived notions or ideas about how a specific group of young people will behave? 
I hate to admit this, but I have been guilty of these things. Without thinking, I have made decisions for young people. I have done tasks that could have easily been handled by young people themselves, but it was easier for me to do it. As a parent, I have done things for my own kids instead of teaching them how to do it on their own. And I have made assumptions about a group of young people after watching them for just a few minutes. And I can tell you, those moments affected the types of relationships I was able to build with them. And it also unintentionally sent a message of how I sometimes viewed them. Being a caring adult that wants to promote positive youth development means that we have to be intentional about watching for these attitudes and behaviors that can creep in. And it also means we need to be intentional about how we engage young people. The best way to engage them, in my experience, is in their own development. It's to give them a voice. It's to build them up so that they can be making decisions about their own lives. They have a more vested interest in themselves succeeding than us succeeding for them. And if they don't have that, then that's our role and responsibility to help them learn how to invest in themselves. So how do we do that? Well, we start with these 12 key developmental outcomes. The Advancing Youth Development Curriculum breaks these into two specific categories. It breaks them down into aspects of identity and areas of ability. When I talk about aspects of identity, I'm referring to when young people demonstrate a positive identity when they have a sense of personal well-being and a sense of connection and commitment to others. All young people need to be able to demonstrate these aspects of identity. If you had to guess, what do you think would be included in this category? You might have guessed things like young people need to be safe. They need to feel good about themselves. They need to be loved and cared for. They need to feel that their world is not just always in chaos. They need to know who they are. The six aspects of identity include safety and structure, self-worth, mastery and future, belonging and membership, responsibility and autonomy, and self-awareness and spirituality. Those are really the category headings for the different aspects of identity young people need to develop. Without my going further into them, do those seem to make sense? What do you think might be included under each aspect of identity? And what do you think might be missing? Now, you might be wanting me to break them down more fully, and I promise I will, but not just yet. The other category includes areas of ability. This occurs when young people demonstrate ability when they gain knowledge, skills, and attitudes that prepare them for adulthood. What do you think might be included in this category? You might think things like, Young people need problem-solving skills. They need to be healthy. They need to know how to get along with others. Young people need specific job-related skills that are marketable. The six areas of ability include physical health, mental health, intellectual ability, employability, civic and social ability, and cultural ability. At quick glance, these areas of ability might seem a little more concrete and easier to identify what is addressed within each area. Do those seem to make sense? What do you think might be included? And what do you think might be missing? And yes, you guessed it. I'm not breaking them down further quite yet. Just doing a quick list of these things doesn't really help you to know what's included in the categories. It doesn't help you to figure out how to engage young people in developing these things. 
and it doesn't help you reflect on how you are currently engaging young people in building these types of knowledge, skills, or attributes. It is so important for me to say that these are not just a checklist that are a one-and-done type situation. If a young person feels safe, then you can check that off the list. No, that's not how this works. The need for safety changes over time, in different contexts, with different people, in different relationships, in different settings. It will be an ongoing growth in something young people will need to demonstrate throughout adolescence. And the same could be said for all 12 developmental outcomes. Speaking of a checklist, I have to tell you that I have seen youth workers walk away from trainings or walk away with this list and then go and try and create this perfect checklist of things that they can have young people accomplish and then check it off their list. But that approach has always ended up looking a little more methodical and it doesn't really encompass what a young person's development is like. There are forward steps, backward steps, new experiences, new challenges, new successes, new supports, new networks, and the list could go on and on. Development is an ongoing process. These developmental outcomes are a guide for us in helping to make sure young people are working towards these things throughout their teen years. When I homeschooled my children, I was always striving for mastery. We would at times revisit subjects and lessons learned, or if they missed a problem in in a subject, we would go back until they learned that to mastery. And just like my homeschool experience, helping young people grow means it's a continual process of learning. These are skills that we want young people to master, but they're not going to master it on their first time out. And as they shift and as they grow, they're going to have to continually reassess their experience and their knowledge and their beliefs and their feelings about these. And they're going to have to keep learning how to develop these and keep focusing on developing these skills and abilities. But my guess is that you already knew that. But hey, even the best youth workers who build the strongest relationships with young people sometimes wish for a quick fix and a more clear way to help young people. I've been there. I get it. It's just a good reminder for all of us that investing in the life of a young person is a long-term commitment and for the long haul. And if they aren't our own children, we are most likely just a smaller part of their overall development. But even as a parent, we want there to be other caring adults that can positively and developmentally invest in our children too, because that will increase their likelihood of success. As we continue to break down each of these 12 developmental outcomes, I will ask you to spend time reflecting on the work you are currently doing or you have done. I will ask you to think about where you are doing really well and where you could improve. I will challenge you to think about new ways of doing things and even challenge you to think about how young people would assess your connection and your engagement with them. Trust me, that last part can be scary and even eye-opening. Years ago, when I learned about these outcomes and was asked to think about these types of questions I've just shared with you, I saw missed opportunities with young people. I saw assumptions I had unknowingly made about them. But here's the thing. I was willing to look at my own relationships and my own programs and my own work with young people as a way to become better equipped to serve them. And my guess is you are too, or you wouldn't be hanging out with me on this podcast. 
maybe this approach about a lot of self-reflection as we talk about things and sharing information, maybe that's not the approach to how most podcasts tend to work. But I am a firm believer. If we don't take time to reflect on the work we are doing, we are letting down our young people. They deserve for us to be committed to growing so we can reach them and help them to be successful. Our young people have different backgrounds and different experiences. That's one of the greatest things about these developmental outcomes. We meet the young people where they are. On the next episode, I'm going to invite you to take a field trip with me. We are going to travel to a construction zone, a youth development construction zone. I will break down the developmental outcomes and talk about strategies we can use within each of these outcomes. I will have a PDF file for you next week, just in case you want that. And I'm going to walk you through one of the tips I use to help me remember the different developmental outcomes. To help prepare for next week's episode, I'm going to give you a little bit of a homework assignment. Please don't quit listening because of that. What I want you to do is think about this one question. What is it that young people need in order to be successful in adolescence and to be able to transition into healthy adulthood? Hey there, fellow youth workers. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember what Matthew 9.37 tells us. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In other words, keep showing up and keep caring.